Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. My name is Amanda Pua Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and I am so happy to be back here with Jen Zart. This is Jen's second Astrology Hub podcast debut, and we're so grateful to have you back, Jen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me back. All right. So Jen is an astrologer. She's been an astrologer for 25 years. She's also the director and the founder of Kaylee, which is the Celestial Arts Education Library. She's actually sitting right in front of one of the panels of astrology books. There are actually two more rooms filled with only astrology books, you guys. Like this is heaven on earth for us. So tell us just a little bit before we dive into the weekly weather about the inspiration for it and what it is. So when I was doing research in my PhD for astrology, it took me so long to get the books I needed to read about the history of our field. I'd have to wait for interlibrary loan to come through, and then I'd only have a short time and I'd have to give it back. So I started collecting collections of astrology books about six years ago, and I wanted to found a forever home research library so that people in the future didn't don't have those struggles because libraries don't always collect in one place all the books that we value and love. So this is that dream come true. Oh, goodness. It's so amazing. And I know that you're in the process of you're in Olympia, Washington. Mm -hmm. She's yes. encouraging astrology pilgrimages to Olympia, Washington. If you want to go and then just hang out in this library for days and days, uh, you can do that. And they're looking for members. So if you're interested in becoming a member of the library, then you can go to her website, which is Kaylee.com. Institute. Institute. Yep. Yes. Yep. Kaylee Institute and support this amazing project, which is just a gift to this entire astrological field. So thank you for the work that you're doing. It's so amazing. Thank you. All so right. So work. let's let's dive into the weather for the week ahead. So we have uh, February third, uh, February seventh yep. to the thirteenth. Mm -hmm. So let's let's uh, start with the theme. Yeah. So the theme that comes to me when I look at the weather is press play, right? Mercury is now gaining speed after having stations direct in uh, last week. And so we're getting this sense of like press play. And some of the major transits that we're going to talk about today are going to emphasize that idea of it's time to go forward and onward. Mm. I've been feeling a huge influx of energy supporting that. You know, for a while there, it was feeling kind of like Know, foggy or like you know kind of like you're you're trying to move forward but your feet are stuck in tar or something oh yeah yeah you venus know? retrograde plus mercury retrograde really got things slowed down so thick molasses and just yes. kind of you know thinking about thinking about things but not being able to do anything about it you know right right yeah. and I, def I definitely feel that like shift in energy so let's start to talk about the transits of the week which which transits should we keep our eye on this week Okay, well, the first one, I'm going to kind of go in order because I love Monday, February 7th, when the moon conjoins Uranus, that is like sparks flying. I love a moon-Uranus conjunction because it's electrifying. It gets us out of bed, even if it's a Taurus moon. I think of Taurus moon as a yummy moon. It's a time to maybe try new food or do something very gourmet and out of the box, right? And it's a momentary transit, so it's not going to be last very long. But if you know it's coming up, you can add that extra spark or jolt and, you know, or that feeling that you get when you do press play on, I mean, I know who uses, <laughs> who uses cassette tapes anymore, but that little, that 
inertia that you feel when you push the button and you have that click happen and it starts to pick up the tape, you know, that's that feeling of just like, let's go, you know? So um, we have a, we have a yummy Taurus moon and we have moon conjoins Uranus, which is bringing in kind of like an electric spark to that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think about like clearing the air, but also in a sort of grounded Taurian gourmet way, right? Like how can we create like a level up in this situation, you know, mm. and that sort of, cause Taurus is all about textiles, textures, you know, what can we do in a way that's going to feel good? What feels the best in this moment, right? So that's Monday. We kick off the week with this sort of sparky feel good situation you know um and so you know uranus going through taurus has shaken up some structures right with with uranus and aries um up until 2018 we saw a sort of different motion but with taurus it's the ground we stand on and uranus is there creating a bit of a a buzz there right so the moon is going to highlight that okay all right so that's monday and let's move on to, are you going to go take us day by day? No, I'm not. I'm going to skip to from Tuesday to Friday because Tuesday, this is my favorite aspect of the week coming up is on February 8th, Tuesday, the Capricorn Mars trines Uranus and Taurus. So again, we have this theme of action and moving forward. And the thing that I love about a Uranus Mars trine, whether you have it natally or it's happening in the air, I transit is this idea of risk, taking a fresh perspective. And the trine aspect is one of flow. So here we have a very sturdy, capable Mars and Capricorn making a flowing, fresh aspect to that Uranus and Taurus. And it's giving us this sense of perhaps being able to kind of have the confidence to take that leap, you know, coming up with the energy to say, yes, I can. And having that sort of almost frictionless action when you're in that flow state, you're throwing the ball, you've got something going down the court, you know, that that is like the feel good way that you have Uranus interacting with uh, Mars. What would you recommend? I mean, that that's making me feel like we should take advantage of this opportunity on Tuesday. You know, like Perhaps. if there's things that you want to like do or accomplish or like conversations you want to have, is this a good time to initiate things? Is it a good time to get things done? I mean, what would you say about that? Yes, I do think it is a good time to take an initiative. Uh, also, because this is a bit of a cowboy astrology, I want to say. So cowboy electional astrology, the last aspect to the moon is a trine to Pluto. So things done on Tuesday, actually, you know, just from the sort of how is the outcome going to be, it'll be a probably very good outcome, I think, right? So Tuesday is a good day to take action. It's also Mars's day. Uh, but I want to contextualize this trine in a larger perspective of Mars's relationship to Uranus, because this is perhaps the continuation of something that began last year on January 21st or January 20th of 2021, the um, Mars made a conjunction with Uranus. And then on November, around Thanksgiving in November 17th of 2021, it opposed Uranus, right? So this is now kind of a, we're at the closing trine of a situation. And so I just think it's good to contextualize this and the situation will reset again on August 1st, 2022. So um, it's kind of good to take it into a longer view of like, okay, if I am taking action on something, it might relate to something that started January of last year and mm -hmm. had a culminating moment in November of last year, right? So if you're thinking, what do I act on? Think about those times and consider what your next step could be. Okay, so you said January of 2021 and November. Yeah, of that was the opposition between Mars and Uranus, yeah. Okay, so some some theme or storyline that you were working on in your life, this is going to be, there, there was an initiation in January, a culmination in November, and this Tuesday is sort of like the closing chapter of it. 
It's beginning the closing chapter. The chapter will finally close in August, but this is the fun part. I love the trine aspect because it's the flowing one. It's the one where we can say, okay, let's get something moving forward again. Ah. Press play. Ah. All right. So then um, what do you want to say anything else about Tuesday? Not specifically, but I think anytime we're looking at any transit, it's important to consider, um, you know, if we're thinking about who is going to be affected by this most, people who have a natal relationship between Mars and Uranus, or even like Monday, a relationship between the moon and Uranus, are going to feel resonance with these transits more, right? So we can think of transits always as having a resonance with our natal chart. And so when the two planets have a relationship in our natal map, and they're making a connection in the sky, then we have a chance to actually be more ourselves in that moment and, you know, interface with the world according to our rhythm. I may be opening up Pandora's box here, but what do you mean by natal relationship? That means if you have an aspect between Mars and Uranus in your natal chart, this so transit have, is going to... If, if you, so if you have anything that is opposing or square or trying for example, with Mars or Uranus yes. or conjunct or with conjunct. Mars or Uranus, yeah. you're going to be feeling this especially. Yes. And the feeling, depending on which aspect it is, so I don't want to get too technical, but any connection is already an, a resonance where it's going to be more active for you than someone sitting next to you. But if it's the matching aspect, then it's like a key in a lock. And then mm -hmm. you have the capacity to really, truly be in. It's almost like you're welcoming the world into your flow. Okay, so if you have, because this is a trine, yeah. right? So if you also have a trine to the planet in your chart, to Mars, is that right? Am I saying that? Almost. If someone has Mars trine Uranus in their natal chart, Tuesday is yeah. going to be a wonderful day. Okay, so exactly. If they have Mars trine Uranus in their chart, then okay, it's going to yeah. be like everybody's experiencing what they normally experience all the time. And mm. so it's going to feel like they can just be themselves in the flow. Mm. But that's yeah. true for any transit, actually. So it's another thing you can add to your reading of transits is that if it's happening in the sky and it's also in my chart, that's like a special moment for your chart. For oh, you. nice. People yeah. ask that all the time. I mean, they ask in the comments all the time. Yeah. And if we can just make that a rule of thumb, that's really helpful. Yeah. So any transit that's happening in the sky that you have exactly in your chart, that is like a golden moment for you. Yes. And there is a historical to reference in the library, the historical um, astrologer who came up with this technique and gave it a name was Robert Blaschke, and he called it a holographic transit. And the simple way to understand that is transits are sort of a sine wave of time. But when that match happens between an aspect between two planets in your chart, like for example, this coming Tuesday with Mars trining Uranus, and it's happening in the sky, that's almost a spatial connection where you can jump out of the flow of time and enact what he called free will, right? And not be Whoa. subjected to the fate of the wave of time. Amazing. Oh my super gosh, fun. I love that so much. I okay. love looking at it this way because it's super That's... neat to see like, oh, it matches. You know? Yes. And, and then have you experienced that in your life? Like you see Absolutely. that and, and with your clients and stuff, you see that happening. It's 100%. Mm -hmm. okay. Yep, yep. Very cool. Okay. So you said we're going to skip to Friday. So what's, yes. I mean, is, is Wednesday, Thursday just kind of, so the thing about Wednesday is really, I call it squirrel. When I looked at the astrology, the moon's not making any significant aspects. There's no significant aspects in the sky, but the moon's in Gemini. So the other keyword I have for Gemini is glitter. Glitter, glitter. squirrel, glitter, squirrel. You see, <laughs> so it's like sort of, you know, it'll be an interesting day, but it's not necessarily like, you know, um, the moon isn't void during the day. It's just not making aspects until the evening when it touches Jupiter. So, you know, the, the day of Wednesday is simply kind of just like, 
a Mercury day, you know, like I'm interested in this, going to do this. There's lots of little interesting things going on. And then there's a distraction and then there's another thing, you know, so it's not necessarily a day of note, uh, but Friday we have the wait, third. Wait, wait. I have a question based on that, Jen, just based okay. on what you taught us. So <laughs> yeah. if you have your moon in Gemini, which I have, yeah. would times when the moon is in Gemini be those golden moments too? Or are we just talking about things that have aspects? Well, that's a lunar return. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's sort of your reset thing. of your personal month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But okay. then you have to think about the phase of the moon, right? So then it gets more complicated. But, mm -hmm. you know, having the moon in your own sign, um, which I have right now, by the way, is kind of awesome because you're sort of back on your, like, horse, you know? Yes. Okay. It's a All right. Return. So it's right. resetting so, and then, you. And then Thursday is also not as notable? Thursday doesn't have what Friday has, which is the third conjunction of Mercury to Pluto. All right. So that's the thing where I, I want to make sure we talk about that because that mm -hmm. is the third pass of a process that began December 30th. And Mercury conjunct Pluto is intense because Pluto is an intensifier. If we have one keyword for Pluto, it intensifies anything that it touches. And Mercury has been retrograde from Aquarius into Capricorn. And now it's finally going direct again. And so we have this idea of deep truths being unearthed, needing to get to the bottom of something needing to discover what's at the foundation of something, perhaps not things we want to know about, right? Maybe it's something that's actually not really comfortable knowledge, you know? But this is the third pass of it. So I'm not going to talk about Friday in terms of it by itself. We have to think about the long term. So in December 30th was the first direct pass when Mercury was going one direction, conjoined Pluto. And it backed up and on January 28th made a second conjunction, but this time it was retrograde. And I think of that as the research moment where it really is truly getting to the pay dirt on the deep end of things. And now it's moving forward again and it's conjoining Pluto and the last time. And this is kind of this idea of an initiation of a problematic kind of pivot point in the discussion of it. That's why I meant like the research phase, getting to the true pay dirt in the situation. And finally on Friday, being able to do something about it and actually making some forward progress with it. Again, press play. That idea of, okay, now we know. Now we have all the things that we need to know, and it's going to be intense putting it to practice. Wow. I know a lot of people had a lot of intensity around the holidays. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was there was like a lot going on for a lot of people yeah. right around that December 30th date. Will it be the same thing, like the same kind of things that were up? It'll be a re an ability to put a period on whatever those things were until Mercury finds Pluto again, right? So it's kind of a resolving of this stage of the process. Obviously, depending on the complexity of the situation, it might not be the final word, but it will at least be the end of a smaller chapter. And it'll be a way for us to sort of set that and then continue on. And then once Mercury enters Aquarius on the 14th, which is a little bit outside of this week, then we're truly going to see forward motion and sort of and away from this entire holiday period of the heavy Capricorn material. Mm, okay. So on four, on the February 14th, that's when we're just like out of that phase that we've mm -hmm. been in. Yeah. Really so this itchiness we're feeling now around getting forward and getting started and onward is going to truly get some traction, I guess I could say. And what's the conjunction on the 14th? Oh, it's not. It's when Mercury enters Aquarius. Mer Mercury enters Aquarius. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then can you give us the date for, for Friday? What is the actual date? Oh, the February 11th. February 11th. Okay. Because people yes. are in different parts of the world. So it may... It may not be their Friday, right? Right. 
Yes. Okay. So February 11th. All right. So this is the, is this the most intense day of the week? I would say it's more intense than Tuesday because uh -huh. of that idea of the triple pass. You know, anytime a planet makes a conjunction with an outer planet three times, it's like emphasizing it a lot. So Mars is only trining. A trine is also a very flowy aspect. They're fun, a trine. It's, it's a slippery transit. Sometimes you can take advantage of them, but other times they, fly, they float by without you noticing what's happened, right? But a mm -hmm. conjunction of Mercury with Pluto is truly going to be something that you can't really avoid. So it's going to be an intense day. I'm curious to hear from our community. Like, is it clear to you what the storyline that you're closing up is? Like, can you track that? So December 30th, then we have January 28th. So December 30th was the opening and like setting mm -hmm. the stage kind of January 28th is the research. Like we're learning mm -hmm. about it. Right. Yeah. And then now we're at that closing part of it. Yeah, being able to have a resolution or make some kind of, you know, sort of like a, a wrapping it up for now, right? Right. Yeah, for some, it might be a permanent wrapping up. For others, it mm -hmm. might be a for now. You know, you can't you can't make a, a final declaration. Well, and could it be a wrapping up of the of the sort of explosion that people felt or like the intensity that they've felt? But now there's actually action that needs to be taken mm -hmm. because of what happened. Well, and that's the other thing that's interesting. Mercury when it's stationed direct on the 3rd of February, now all of the planets are in direct motion until April 20th. So that emphasizes that idea of moving forward. Mm. And so we truly will get out of whatever sort of, I guess you could say quicksand that had been present in the holidays and this feeling of not being able to move and wanting to get out. And where do I have traction? It's coming now, right? It's happening now, but we still have to pass through the portal of Friday. Okay. Yeah. And this is until you said until April 30th, we have all the planets direct. April 20th. Yeah. All the right. planets are direct until Mercury goes retrograde again at 15 degrees of Taurus, ironically conjunct the moon and Uranus in Taurus. So it is actually April 20th will be a little bit of a reverb of this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. I, I, I mean, it seems like it would be a great practice for most astrologers, astrology students, astrology lovers to journal like yeah. because how else do you track through time like what was up for you then and what's up for you now and are you seeing the correlations but it just do you know what like, i do what do you do i i search my gmail yes because <laughs> that's usually going to be evidence of what's there you know yes yes yeah. gmail and then i've also said on this podcast many times um your pictures too yeah like your there pictures you can really help to like anchor you. It's like, oh yeah, that's where I was. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we are now through Friday. Anything mm -hmm. for the weekend that you want us to be aware of? The thing that I think is most important is not thinking in terms of day by day, but also this week is the first quarter moon. That actually also starts on Tuesday. And so this is a time to be building structures as opposed to disseminating creativity, right? So this is where we get back to work and we have the beginning of the song and we're tinkering again with everything we're working on and we're sort of like making a move forward. Although I don't really like working on weekends, so maybe that's not <laughs> something we want to do. But I was thinking more about the outer planets and not necessarily about the moon's positions. Um, the moon will enter Cancer over the weekend. And so I think that's also a good time to sort of examine what's in our immediate sphere, right? Who is in our immediate care? I think of care with cancer. And I think of also the crab. It has a very, I actually have Aquarius rising, so I think about decorator crabs, but that aside, um, 
I think about the interior being sort of gooey and loyal and very sort of protective. And then there's this shell. And it's kind of like, you know, a good weekend question could be just to think about what are we protecting ourselves from? What are we guarding? And what are we loyal to, right? And being just concerned with our immediate surroundings and the care that we give to those in our direct orbit. And con just considering also, because cancer is the opposition to Capricorn and all there, there's still many things in Capricorn, um, you know, like Pluto, it's going to be a kind of like, where are we now? You know, um, the other thing is the, the preparation for the February 22nd Pluto return of the United States, right? So that can't be ignored either. This is the waxing moon weekend leading up to this very significant anticipated transit. And so if we can take this weekend actually to kind of be in our own sphere, considering what the boundaries of our spheres are, and maybe also recognizing that we don't have to be as rigid and that the rigidities of this pandemic lockdown over the last two years, you know, depending on where we stand with certain things, like just, you know, meditating on that shell that the Cancer Moon is asking us to kind of focus on, you know. I love the question too, like what, what are we protecting ourselves from? What are we guarding? What is worth guarding, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what, what can we care for in our direct orbit? Mm -hmm. All these questions are really good. You just touched on the USA Pluto return. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because I didn't ask you beforehand to talk about this. But since we're in a prep week for that really significant occasion, not just, I mean, it is affecting directly the USA, but the USA affects the world. So it really affects all of our friends around the world. What's your take on the Pluto return and the significance of it? That is a very important question. And to be honest, I feel like my coping mechanism has been not to be the astrologer answering that one, not mm. to, to give you no answer. Um, I think it's in, in open to interpretation what Pluto actually signifies, given that it was discovered in 1930, right? So mm -hmm. we have a hypothesis around all the things that it can mean. It seems to mean a breakdown in the structure and a restructuring. I'm looking more towards the Uranus cycle with the United States to see how that's actually going to play out in tangible terms for us, given the discovery of Uranus around the founding of our country. So I think that sometimes Pluto transits up the intensity, but it's not always clear what the tangible effects are yet. Right. Mm. So I think that it's a process. There's going to be two more passes, by the way. So February 22nd is the first one. But again, Pluto retrogrades every year. So it will be passing again on July 11th and December 28th. So I think this entire year remains to be seen around how the United States is going to restructure itself. And um, I think the tangible outcomes of that still have yet to be felt in society at large. And do you think we're still in, I mean, do you think we're in restructuring phase or we're still in breakdown phase? Still in breakdown phase. Okay. Yeah. So I think when Uranus enters yeah. Gemini, we're going to have the restructuring in a very, very When does Uranus way. enter Gemini? 2025, I believe. Might be the okay. end of 2024. So we're yeah. in breakdown until then. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, so, right. <laughs> you know, okay. but I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, when Saturn conjoined Pluto in January of 2020, we saw it. And then when Saturn conjoined Mars in March, the whole world shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it was Mars conjoining Saturn. But, you know, we saw I mean, everybody's felt this kind of stop in your tracks. And now we're kind of, OK, what do we do now that we know what we know? And in a way, you know, when we talk about this is the week before the exact hit, it's kind of like when you're in a vehicle, you know, a plane or a train, you're already on it. 
you know, there's nothing you can really do besides sit down, buckle in, you know, there's, there's not much else we can change at this point, you know, a week before the thing happens. Yeah. I mean, this is where this, this uh, theme of getting comfortable with discomfort and also being okay, not knowing. I mean, these things have come up over and over because it's, it's kind of the, the phase we're in as we're in this like massive transition yeah, there isn't a lot of like real solid ground to to depend on at this point. We have mm-hmm. to depend on different things. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's why I like your question: What are we protecting ourselves from? Because, like, what what is actually of value to you mm-hmm. that is worth your protection mm-hmm. and that you can protect and that you actually in your sphere can can impact? Yeah. Or right? grasp even, right? I think of the right. cause of the crab. Like what is what is within your power in your local space? And thinking in terms of that local immediacy as opposed to this supranational kind of, you know, yeah, the US Pluto return will affect the whole world, but also you're alive in a place and how are you living, you know, and, and yeah. how do you want to be living? So mm, yeah. really good reminders. Okay. Anything else about the week that you want us to be aware of? So I think it's important to, yeah, just consider that this is the beginning of all the planets being direct and Venus and Mercury are still picking up speed. So while we can celebrate, we have to as still exercise caution a little bit because um, whether or not you work with the concept of a shadow period, uh, that is referring somewhat to the idea of it takes a planet a little bit of effort to get momentum again and be at proper speed, right? So with Mercury, it's going to be until February 24th, just after that US Pluto return, when it's moved past its entire retrograde degrees of the zodiac at 10 Mm -hmm. degrees of Aquarius. So we're going to start to see some true forward motion in about two weeks, or in the end of February is what I want to say. So I think it's important to like, get going, And also know it's like, okay, well, once you start walking, then you can start walking a little faster and a little faster. And then you might be skipping and jogging and, you know, picking up the momentum up until April 20th. Okay. I love that. And I like, I love your visual of the press play because it's true. You press it and then it waits a little bit before the thing actually gets traction and you start to hear the music. Right. Um, We're definitely dating ourselves right now, John. No, but sure. But I mean, think about it. This this Mars uh, trining Uranus is happening in Earth signs, and they love a good old, you know, traditional beatbox or boombox, yes, right? Like yes. it's not about yeah, the latest exactly. technology. So it's going forward, but it still has to like get the like traction and the momentum. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah, but we're in that yeah. phase. Okay. But it's a waxing moon. You know what I mean? So the energy is there to kind of unfold and pursue and get in it. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's probably music to many people's ears uh, at this point in the year. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is the intensity on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like the most intense and one being not intense at all? Probably a three or a four. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, once you see the, the exact hit of the very first Pluto return of the US, I think that's going to be way more intense than what we have now okay. societally, right? So in general, I think we've gone through a lot in this last holiday season. And mm-hmm. so this week is a little bit of a breather and a chance for action, right? And I maybe I'm projecting because I like forward motion and, and doing something, but like right. that to me is like, that's not intense. It's more of like, okay, cool. I kind of have some agency. Like, you yes. know, it's easier, you know, yeah. than it has I- been. I definitely gravitate that way too. I know yeah. there's some people who like it better when it's like more inward and more, more quiet or more still, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So we have the theme of the week is press play. We have mm-hmm. today, Monday, this is a kind of like a sparkly feel good energy. And this question, I love asking this question today, how can we create a level up in this moment? 
Like what would level it up? Yeah. And, and think of Torian kind of thing. So like yeah. maybe you're making dinner and it's like, oh, what would level it up would be to like light a candle and maybe pour myself a glass of wine or yeah. you know, like, like use, use a salt. finishing salt that you never use because it's too fancy, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So just what are the things that you could do to level it up in a way that that like delights your senses mm -hmm. on all levels? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, on Tuesday, we have this Capricorn, Mars, Trine, Uranus, and Taurus, which is a fresh perspective. This could be a day of like risk taking, mm -hmm. risk, fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you may have more confidence to take a leap that you've been thinking about taking. Mm -hmm. This is a, peer, a day where there's a feeling of frictionless action. Mm -hmm. This will be really true if you have Mars trine Uranus in your chart, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay. We learned something new today. Well, I did. Okay. So Tuesday's activities will also have a good outcome, which is- yeah interesting to think about. And you said cowboy astrology. What do you mean? Okay. That? So I, the, I, that's my little code that I use sometimes when I'm like, okay, like what's the sort of tweet version of this technique? So I don't have to sit around taking an 18 hour workshop about it. Uh -huh. So <laughs> the electional astrology that I learned way back 25 years ago, one of the first things I ever learned was look at the last aspect of the moon to see the final outcome. It okay. also trains you how to see when the moon's void, of course. But if you look at the last aspect of the moon, that's the final outcome of the thing. So I think, who was it recently who said, the last experience you have of a place is how you remember it. So if that experience is wonderful, then that's just your forever memory of how it was. And if yeah. you had a wonderful time, but then the very last thing that happens is negative, then you just remember it poorly, right? So the right. last aspect of the moon is like that. And the last aspect of the moon on Tuesday, or on the Taurus moon is going to be a trine to Pluto which to me is a really cool force multiplier for anything that you're trying to do. Force multiplier. You have some great terms that just like <laughs> pop out. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday's a little squirrely. Oh, did I yeah. miss something about that day? Not squirrely. It is a squirrel. It's like, what? <laughs> Does that mean squirrely? I feel like squirrely has a negative connotation. It's neutral. It's like a true, it's a true neutral. It's just like a, you know. It is a squirrel. Oh, that's a great, like, um, Correction there, because I was thinking squirrely, which you're right. That's kind of like, you know, you can't really get your handle on it. It's like a little like, yeah, maybe not honest, you know, kind of um, right, right. To be a squirrel, squirrels aren't bad. So the squirrel in that it, you might like be busy yeah. and getting a lot of things done and maybe doing something, over, here, doing something yeah. over there, having your yeah. photo taken by some tourists in the park, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like doing this, doing this. You know. Oh, my God. It's so funny. We don't have squirrels here in Hawaii. And whenever we go anywhere, my daughters will say, mama, are there going to be squirrels? <laughs> this is amazing. like the thing they look forward to the most of anything is like squirrels. It's hilarious. Wow. It makes That's me laugh. Amazing. Okay. All right. So then um, we have Thursday. Okay. So Friday, we, we just kind of skipped Thursday because there's- We did. Yeah. That's I mean, fine. you know. You don't have to go through every day if there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So because you want to talk about Friday. You Friday said, is talk a big about day. Thursday, but Friday's really the day. Friday so is this a big day. is the conjunction of Mercury and Pluto. Mm -hmm. It's intensifying. Mm -hmm. it, this is where deep truths needing to be needing needing to get to the bottom of something, mm -hmm. needing to like understand the foundation of something. It's not always comfortable information, but this is the kind of thing that's going to be coming out on Friday. Right. And this is the third in this storyline that started right. on December 30th. Right. Okay. And it's a day to be persuasive, right? So Mercury conjunct Pluto. Pluto also has this tinge of charisma. 
as I stutter. <laughs> so Mercury conjunct Pluto can be very persuasive because Ooh. of that thoroughness and that depth and sort of the projection of this intensity. Um, and then, you know, just to add a caveat to it, sometimes the intensity is about like, where are my keys? And you just spend mm. all day obsessed with trying to find something. And it's mm. not necessarily world shaking. It's, it's maybe perhaps like extremely mundane because you know, going back, I think Michael Luton said it um, with Pluto, it makes small things big and big things small. So sometimes, you know, the conjunction could be making a big deal out of something that is not actually that significant in the larger picture, not to minimize anybody's experiences, but just to add to the, it's not going to be like earth shattering for everyone. It could also just simply be obsessed with trying to find a lost object or something. Right. Know? Which can be really stressful. I it mean, can it be really stressful. Does. Okay. So we have also um, all planets going direct until April 20th. So this yes. is adding to this press play sort of idea. Mm -hmm. And this is also a first quarter moon. Mm -hmm. So this is this is a time to be building structures. I love what you said next was not necessarily disseminating creativity. Right. So not necessarily like doing the content of whatever the thing is, but building the structure in order to house the creation. Whatever that correct, is. correct. Yes. And that comes from this book, Dane Rudyard's Lunation Cycle. Love it. Love the cover. Um, yes. So those are his words. So I have to be quoting him on that. Okay. Um, so this is okay. one of the best books on the lunation cycle that'll talk about the, not only like what's happening in the sky, but the idea of your personal lunation cycle, right? So when you were born. For our podcast was... listeners who couldn't see the book, can you say the name of the book? Oh, it's called The Lunation Cycle by Dane Rudyard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. And it's about your personal moon phases? Is that what you're Oh, saying? it's got so much in it. But it's it, oh. what it's really about is the idea of looking at the relationship between the sun and the moon, not just the moon alone or the sun alone. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. We have um, the moon going into cancer, which is things around what, are, what this is this whole protection conversation we had. Mm -hmm. And then this week is a prep week for the February 22nd Pluto return for the USA. Mm -hmm. which is a big deal. <laughs> and we're going to yeah. have three of them this year. It's basically coloring the whole year. Um, and this is still this continuation of the breakdown of structures. And mm -hmm. we don't really know exactly what this is going to look like yet, but it's still this process of breaking down. We don't know what's coming next. We don't know what we're building next. But with the idea of a Pluto breakdown period, if we're working with astrology consciously and we're actually learning the lessons we need to learn and we're digging into the places we need to dig into, that it will actually be able to build something that is more supportive of life. Of the current lifestyle, of the of current the society, right? Life. So, I mean, yeah. as we look at historical uh, human cultures, different structures of societal organization apply to different timings. Yes. So there's something true. very outworn around where the U.S. is, given where we need to be as we grow into a more global culture, I think. Mm, very interesting. Um, okay. Just technology is challenging the structure Te technology and mobility we just get around anywhere yeah you know, you know? yeah okay so, all right yeah. and then um true forward motion where we're like listening to the awesome cassette tape is going <laughs> to be um, at the end of february yeah so that is uh we're in the like the tide the tide has definitely turned mm -hmm. already yes yes, yes. okay yes. Jen, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. I feel really prepared for the week ahead. I hope all of you do too. And I want to thank you so much for being here and for just everything that you do for astrology and all those years of commitment that you've already put in to be here today, to be building this library, which is just a gift to everybody. So thank you for that. Thank you, Amanda.
Yeah. And thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. So this is also a really exciting week because we are actually opening up doors for Christopher Renstrom's Cosmic Calendar course, which begins on March 3rd. But on Thursday, you are going to be officially able to register to join that class. So if you're not on the waitlist already, go to astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. And actually the waitlist people are going to get access to the course a day earlier than everyone else. So make sure you get on that waitlist. Again, it's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. <sighs> okay, everybody, thank you so much for being here for this weekly weather. Thank you for being a part of our community. And as always, thank you for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode.